This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Interesting story that uh, Global News came up with, and uh, it's... It's kind of troubling for me as someone who works in the information realm, but you've probably seen it. It's been trending on the Global News webpage for a couple of days now, uh, since yesterday. Basically, um, all of the Telegram channels that were involved in the Freedom Convoy, and if you don't know what Telegram is, we'll get to that in a second, but it's basically a messenger service. But all of the channels that were being used for that, think WhatsApp or or whatever the case may be, um, have almost immediately pivoted ever since the convoy and the protests around it went away and they're not the ongoing concern that they were. All of those channels are still being used, but now they've been taken over by, well, the conspiracy theories and and pro-Russian propaganda. I mean, it's it's craziness, but we're going to walk our way through that now. And joining us to help us, we have uh, Dr. Carmen Celestini, who's a postdoctoral fellow with the Disinformation Project at Simon Fraser University. Dr. Celestini, thanks so much for joining us today. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Uh, let's just start with doing a better job of describing what Telegram is, because I've never used it. I've never been on it. It's basically, it's a messenger service, right? It is a messenger service, but you can make specific channels about to- uh, about topics. And so people can engage in messaging like you know, like text messaging. You can post images and videos as well, but they're constrained to certain topics. And during the convoy protests or whatever you want to call them, that was the main way of communication for a lot of the people that were involved, correct? Absolutely. That and Zello, which is like a CB chat system yeah. on a telephone. And so, I mean, it, was it just communication? Was, is it like a social media for the people that are involved? What were they doing with it? Um, it can be social media, but it's also a way to connect and talk about various news topics, articulate your worldview about what's happening in the world, and a way to organize as well and to spread disinformation and conspiracy theories. So what happened once the convoys and the protests ended with these channels? They Was it immediate or did it slowly happen? I mean, just tell us what the situation is. Well, it, ha- it was rather quick, and there could be a couple of reasons for that. Um, during the actual protests and the buildup of the convoy and throughout the pandem- pandemic itself, we saw a rise of conspiracy theories sort of becoming mainstream and people being adherent to these beliefs. And those conspiracy theories believe in some aspects that Putin is actually a friend and is supporting their goal to stop a new world order. And so they can perceive his actions as actually being in support of saving Canada and saving the world from whatever this new world order may be with regarding their conspiracy theories. And there is support for him and belief that he is bombing bioweapon facilities throughout Ukraine that are operated by the deep state in America, which, you know, could bring on another pandemic and attack us and lead us being enslaved to this new world order. There is also the notion that a lot of bots and Russian disinformation networks have been banned from regular um, right. mainstream social media. So they can spread their messages through Telegram to a very fertile group who already are sympathetic to these ideas. 
So when we talk about this, and one you mentioned, and, and, you know, I've already heard from listeners starting, I think it was, was it Tuesday or yesterday? I'm not sure, but I've started to get texts about these labs. And then I noticed they've showed up in a bunch of different alternative media sources. Um, it spreads quickly. It really, really does. Do we know where it starts? Is this coming from within Russia, or is this just something that gets picked up and then spreads and goes far beyond Telegram? How does that work? Well, someone could, it can come from different areas. It could be coming from Russian disinformation. Now, we don't have actual data on who is spreading this information, but it is so closely linked to conspiracy theories and ideas that the pandemic was human-made in Wuhan and that it was part of this sort of bioweapons idea. So there's links to that and links from Dr. Fashi to Wuhan facilities. So it just sort of built up. So there could be links of it, bases of information in there, and it spreads very quickly, and it's so quick linked into all of their conspiracy theories that it truly just makes sense that this could be what is happening. And ideas that in QAnon that Donald Trump and Putin were working together to, you know, stop the deep state and to stop this new world order yeah. and to save the world. So... What's the point? And the maps and stuff that you see is could be generated by anyone, and I would recommend everyone not to spread the maps that you're seeing with the images of the bioweapons because they are falsified. So. Okay, we're get, we'll get into what to do about this stuff in just a second. But first of all, let me ask you, why does this, I mean, do we know, I mean, in some cases, okay, if you're Putin and you want to spread disinformation, okay, I get it. But is there, is there some other people that just do this just because this is what they do? I mean, do we, ha- do we have a full understanding of why this stuff happens around every single incident that takes place, there is this counter-narrative that runs parallel? Well, for conspiracy theories to exist, there has to be distrust in the institutions, like the media and the government. And so there's already this realm of distrust. There's already a precedent set with what people believe happened with COVID. And so this could take, you know, be further evidence for their conspiracy theories or that it is moving forward for this new world order. So that definitely could be there. There could be people in there who are just sort of stirring the pot and putting these ideas in there. But we have to realize that globalized media right now and what we see in these alternative social media sites are fertile ground for disinformation from other countries to come in and drop these ideas. Propaganda and past wars were predominantly just nationalistic. It was within your nation to designate the enemy or to build a war effort. Now that media is globalized, this is a globalized effort now to spread war, war propaganda or to designate who our enemies are via this new media form. Okay. Now, the important part, and you were touching on it earlier, um, it's so prevalent. And like you say, it it may start on Telegram, or it may start on WhatsApp, or it may start on Zello, or whatever the case is, but sooner or later, it's going to hit Facebook. Then it's going to show up on this news source or that news source, and sooner or later, it is everywhere. It spreads like a fungus. How do we make sure we're not part of that? How can we recognize it? How can we identify it? First of all, don't just press share instantaneously, even if you think it's coming from a trusted source. Double check the facts. See if there if that information appears somewhere else in a, um, a trusted source. So it could be an academic source or it could be a legacy media source. Most maps, I would check with historians. There are a lot of um, fact-checking situations. And videos, please remember that there are deep fakes out there. There was one that was floating around the other day where it was 
footage of World War II, but there were stormtroopers in the middle of it. So really pay close attention to the video. Yes, pay attention. And that was spread all over the place. So pay attention to the actual um, source and what you're actually seeing. Double check it and make sure that it's not old footage or that it's not something that's cut and disinformation. Think before sharing and double check. And it's so hard. I mean, there's all all kinds of you know, they, going back to the beginning of this, there was there was video image of paratroopers from Russia that were being dropped in Ukraine. It was literally from 2014 in Crimea, but it got shared all around the world, almost instantaneously, because it makes sense. It fits. It's what we're told is going on. It's really, really tough to discern. I mean, basically, I just I don't share any of this stuff because until, you know, it's been around for a while and well established, it, you don't know. It's really hard to tell sometimes. Absolutely. And it's important to ensure where the source of that material is and that it exists in more than one place in verified sources. I would suggest sticking with legacy media sources because we have to be careful about what we're sharing, that it could have POWs in it. It could have information that could harm someone. So it's best to stick with what has been shared by sources that we can definitely trust, yeah. historians, experts, and legacy media. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I hate to tell you, there is a group of the population that don't trust experts in legacy really? media. <laughs> I would have never known. Um, yeah. It's true, but we have to be careful because, I mean, we're all guilty of it. For sure. We're on our phones and we just hit share. And we have to think of the implications of sharing that and how it could be spread. So it behooves us in our effort to help people and to make sure this doesn't spread, that we check our sources and we check the information. No doubt about it. More important now than ever before. Um, Doc, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for the chat. That is Dr. Carmen Celestini, who is a postdoctoral fellow with the Disinformation Project at Simon Fraser University.